Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Explorative Podcast. Welcome to the Exploring Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and joining me again tonight is Drexy. Hello, Drexy. Rob, how's it going? It's been a while. It's been a it while. It has been. It actually, it has been two whole months since we last released a podcast, and I think that's two dang months too long. What do you think? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think we're definitely going to pick up a pace. Um, we also recorded a podcast actually last night, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, last night with... Uh, Destastic and uh, Richard York. I'm not sure which one's coming out first, but yeah, so a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I think we'll get back into a better swing of things. And with that said, hello, Ben. Welcome. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. Good to hear from you and exciting to be here with you guys. Unfortunately, we are doing this on a day where Sean couldn't join us. We're sorry, Sean. We miss you. We love you. He missed the other one as well. Oh yeah, the one with Death Tactic too, and and Tom York, Thomas York, <laughs> Tom York, Tom, Jesus Christ, Tom, Tom, Tommy Yorkie. Yeah, so I will say that there's I mean, there's a lot to talk about actually because we haven't we haven't been on this podcast for two months. We did record one to like, <laughs> funny enough, we we recorded one to mourn the loss of Explorate as a website, and then Ben put up this poll about what they liked what what the general community liked the most about the like exploratory brand or whatever it is you want to say and the <laughs> the the vast majority of votes actually came back and said they they liked the site best and it kind of inspired me to to do something about that so i on a whim really i started a gofundme to reboot the site to get some funds going so i could start paying people and to maybe bring on some new authors and it went extraordinarily well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of flattered and overwhelmed by the support we received. I mean, not only through the money, which is great, but through the the messages and the people who reached out and were like, man, you can't close Explominate. Like it's the only site that I get my Forex news from and blah, 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 blah. And I, I don't know. I was just, I was, I, I, I knew I could, like at some level I knew that, that Explominate was, you know, somewhere cool and fun and there was a great community around it. But having gone through all that has reminded me just why we're here. And now we have a pretty good game plan. I think we all kind of put our heads together and came up with something that I think is feasible and definitely something that we could continue to do long term. So we're excited. 
I think Ben is very close to being done with the remnants of the precursors review that he's been talking talking about for a long time. But he's he's been rejuvenated and motivated with these this like outpouring of of support. So I'm going to be able to pay per article a decent wage, and then our editors are, are going to be able to get like an hourly wage based on the time that they're editing. And I've done the math, and even with just a, like a a pretty moderate amount of money coming in from the Patreon, which is already coming in again, which is awesome. But even with a moderate amount, we can continue this way for years. So I'm I'm really excited. I think this is going to be something that we can do for the long term. And I'm, I'll talk more about that after we get into the news and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, it's just going to be great to be able to keep putting articles out, really, because I think that's what people really want. It was quite clear from the poll. And I think we're going to be able to upgrade certain things even if we don't put like re- like really regular content out you know like timely news and that kind of thing we'd rather focus on deep diving games and having high quality articles and game mechanics and that kind of thing so this is going to be nice because we're going to be able to find writers who you know have got some some decent experience writing about video games and so i think it's uh, it's a real positive step and we can kind of make the transition from you know one of the sort of more news reactionary sites putting out you know smaller articles very very regularly and sometimes i mean look we were starting to put stuff out that was probably not really very related to either forex or strategy gaming to some extent and you know and uh i think that if we can kind of refocus ourselves a little bit that's going to be good for the site and we'll be able to give people what they want yeah i mean i guess we we might as well just talk about it now yeah you're right and that's kind of what i was I'd always kind of wanted a, a reason to go back to that, right? Because I think we started to expand a little too much. And with the amount of people we had, I think we were all burning out very fast. And, you know, the site initially was founded on the idea of providing Forex news. And, you know, we can branch out from Forex into like Forex adjacent stuff with with games like Total War and Heroes of Might and Magic and, you know, like games that kind of start to to feel for anxious and then we can kind of go beyond that even too with like tactics games because a lot of forex games and like even their their fans tend to really like tactics games as well but when we started to like you know kind of dive into role-playing games and stuff like that i just i kind of felt like the brand was being diluted a little bit and you know this is a good point to restart all that to come back to our roots and like you said to put out the kind of quality articles that people were expected from us. I think we were, we were also, you know, in a way kind of deleting our brand too by, and I, and I mean this with no disrespect to any author out there that we had, because I think they're all great. And I really appreciate the time that they put into the site, but I think that some of us weren't as critical as we could have been in the past. And we were putting out reviews that were a little too glowing for games that really didn't deserve it. And so with this like reboot, we're going to really focus on the quality and the accuracy of the articles we put out and, you know, take the time that we need, even if that means it's two, three weeks after a release, you know, for us to have a review out that's more accurate, that's more, you know, like in line with the, the way that Forex gamers, you know, will think of a game. You know, whether it be that, I mean, like, of course, I'm not saying that, like, every review we put out is going to be, like, you know, the consensus, right? Like, there's going to be games where I'm sure that the reviewer likes the game less or more than the the, the Steam community or the Explominate community in general. But, you know, I think that for the most part, I think we're just going to be more accurate and more thorough and deep. So 
that's something that I really like. And, you know, it, it's something that I could say about like, even back when we started, I, I'd, I'd written my endless legend review or even my sorcerer King review, you know, they were both extraordinarily thorough, not to say that they were good. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great writer or anything, but like they were very thorough and they outlined a lot of what the gameplay was. And in both cases, I really liked the game and, you know, endless legend is a, you know, it's, it's a little less polarizing than Sorcerer King. Sorcerer King is definitely a game that people either love or hate. And I loved Sorcerer King and I explained in great detail why I loved it in my review. And that's the kind of thing that I want to move forward with in the hopes that, you know, even if we're not, you know, jiving with the, the community's thoughts or, you know, the, the, the temperature in the room with regards to certain games, that we're explaining ourselves well enough and we can articulate well enough why it is we like or hate a game. And I think we got away from that for a little bit. So we're going back to that. Not to say that there hasn't been great reviews because I know that like your Conquest of Elysium review and your Shadow Empire review are still some of the most viewed articles on our site. And Omar's Old War review was amazing as well. And it was it's also among the most viewed articles on the site. So we're still... We were still putting out quality content. I just think some of it got diluted, and we're going to get back to that at the end. That's all I'm going to say. Stewie, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, we were talking to Daz and Richard last night about this, about um, with Forex games, sometimes you don't actually see the flaws until you're like 60-plus hours, maybe even 80 hours into playing the game, and you've played like, I don't know, five, six, seven, whatever games. So having this rush to have a review out at like close to release date or maybe just before release date kind of does our reviews uh, for Forex type games a disservice in my opinion. And I, yeah, I think the site will be better with much more sort of deep dive and a lot more uh, analysis on the game rather than, I don't know, whatever platform or game or whatever you can probably play for 20 hours and, maybe 10 hours and have a really good review of that. I think for its games, you need the time and thought, even if it's like a revisit that a game that's come out a couple of years ago, like Ben's doing the uh, remnants of precursors now, um, <clears throat> because in hindsight, I think you can sort sort of see the flaws and the good points, maybe stuff you couldn't see because for its games is just so deep, man. And I think rushing a review out is probably the worst thing you can do or disservice you can do to a Forex game, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the problem is that, you know, we're all Forex, well, not all of us, Drexy, but all of us are Forex fans. And, you know, when you get into a new Forex game <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's starting to do something fun, you know, like it's starting to do, maybe it's, it's something unique and new and, you know, it's shiny. And, you know, it's hard to see the dull parts of a game when you're so enthralled with the shininess, like, and I, I could say this about humankind. I could say this about distant worlds too. I can say this about a lot of games. And, you know, when you are first engaging with these games and you like the genre in general, and you are starting to see like these cool new things that are coming up. I, I think we just get caught up in that stuff. And that's why some of our reviews have been a little bit more positive than they should have been. So, well, we, we can fix that. Right. So we're going to, and that's the plan moving forward. Yeah, I think Distant Worlds 2 is a perfect example of that because uh, from what we've heard is they're going to fix the bugs before they even start looking at all the content of the game. So to review Distant Worlds as it is, 
is again just going to do it a, a disservice and it probably won't get good until maybe a year or two maybe after a DLC just like the original Distant Worlds wasn't really that great until what was it like the second or third DLC sort of thing so again this that's the type of content we can have where we can go back to a game like Distant Worlds like now it's had all the bug fixes and now they've started to put proper content into the game this is when it's time to review this game and say, look, guys, just go out and buy this now. This is at the point where it's a good game to buy. Oh, bad game. <laughs> Drexy was dead right. You have to play Forex games for a long time in order to be able to be objective about them and to understand the flaws, right? Because often the cracks in these games don't appear until a long time afterwards. I mean, Rob, you played Humankind for what, like hundreds of hours before you reviewed it? And you gave it a pretty glowing review and then you kind of, I know you walked a little bit of that back later on because you oh, started I, I, I didn't review it for the site. Yeah, I, I, I passed that off because I knew that I would be a little, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily give it the most objective review because I was so deeply involved with the the VIP builds and the beta process. So our Arumalimana, I don't know how you pronounce his name. He's the one. Oh, that... yes. My bad. Sorry about that. Yeah, I apologize. But um, yes, but anyway, just I, I, so all of my reviews that I've given so far have been, you know, critical, but also positive. But that's because when I was past a game that I played and it sucked, I just didn't bother with it because I'm not getting paid, right? So why would I waste my time, you know, spending 40, 60 hours playing a game I hate? only to trash the developer. I just don't see the point. Like, you know, obviously if I was, I'm sorry, and this sounds like incredibly ungrateful and I don't mean it like this, but I think it's just a, a matter of fact, right? That if, you, you know, when you get someone like, let's say like rock, paper, shotgun or whatever, those guys are getting paid a salary. So they will take everything that they get and review it, whether it's good or bad. And that's great because it means that it can give them, you know, they can give an, you know, a review and if it sucks, it sucks and they'll say so. Um, it's not like that with a volunteer site, and that's changed now because we because we are actually paying for articles. So I think that you are more likely to see, you know, a more balanced set of reviews. At the same time, I'm not going to waste my time if I play something and I know I'm going to hate it after two or three hours. What's the point in me playing it? And let and you know, unless it's like a game that is so big in the community that everyone's been expecting it, and then you know, obviously, then I think it's good to review it. Like for example, Distant Worlds Two. I wasn't a good person to review that game because I like it. I, I think it's a, I think it's a good game. I think it's bugged and flawed and needs other stuff to into it. But I don't actually see the other issues that other people do. So I was a bad person to be a community ambassador with regards to Distant Worlds too, because you know I I didn't see the I don't I I strongly disagree with a lot of the criticism about it that I see from other people. So you know I mean we have to be, be a little bit careful with regards to who takes the reviews, you know, and who and you know what we're putting out. But uh, yeah, just the point is, I think that paying paying the staff now is actually you're going to actually see a change in the way that the you know the games that we approach. Yeah, great point, Ben. And the last thing I want to say about this is that I do want to highlight the fact that we're going to kind of return to the whole reexaminations thing. You know, to to Drexy's point, you know, these games change dramatically, right? Like the, radically over time, and you know the the review that we would have given distant worlds 2 had it been an accurate review and i'm not saying anything about omar's review omar's review is his review and you know he played it as long as he did and he enjoyed it he didn't see a lot of the things that are wrong with it again because we were trying to get a release day ready review and that's something we'll get away from but you know had we been a little bit more accurate then we would have probably you know eh, you know we would have probably been a little bit mad about some things and maybe we would have expressed some constructive criticism about it 
And it would have been a perfect candidate for a re-examination, you know, a year down the line. So those are things that I want to get back into. Re-examinations for games, especially Forex games, I think are huge. And it was what made our site, you know, unique in that we were revisiting games and, you know, following up with them, you know, one, two, three, four years after they released. And then lastly, I do want to say that, you know, we're we're doing away with scores. We we've talked about there's a there's a post on the site. Go to the site, check it out. But as part of like the rebooting of the site, we are doing away with scores completely. So that means that you know you won't see a five out of ten or six out of ten. It's just going to be a you know a subjective examination of a game where at the end of it, if we really feel very passionately that the game is a great game and that it really kind of knocks it out of the park, there is a chance that a game could be awarded the exemplary rating, which is kind of like how Rock, Paper, Shotgun does it, where they only very occasionally will give a recommended or I forgot what the other one is. They have like another rating they give to games that they really like, but they've done away with scores too. And so our exemplary rating will go to games that, you know, really kind of feel like they'll stand the test of time. And retroactively, we've given them to games like Shadow Empire, to Conquest of the Elysium, to Wildermyth, and to a few other games that, you know, we really felt like earned the, the exemplary rating that they got to begin with. And then the other games that we've given it to in, in the last couple of years, we've just sort of, <laughs> we've whitewashed, right? We just like did away with it. We, we erased history there a little bit, but that's fine. We just want to make sure that moving forward, we have this like vision of what Exluminate means, what we will be as a review site, and our standards regarding the exemplary title so that when you get an exemplary or when you see an exemplary, you know that this game is at least worth checking out. Whether it's your game or not, we can't promise that, but you know, it, at the very least, it'll be worth something. It'll be worth you know, really looking into. So yeah, I think that's it. You guys have anything else regarding the site? Really happy to, to be uh, going forwards and I'm making new articles for the uh, for the site, so uh, I've had real fun doing this RATP review. It's really in depth, and, and it's a good look at Master of Orion too. So, and comparing the two games, because I think you need to understand Master of Orion to understand just what a great job Ray Fowler's done of Remnants of the Precursors. So, um, I hope you're looking forward to that because that that's going to be the kind of quality of the article that we're going to be putting out from now on, and um, you know we can. We're hopefully going to be able to take on some new writers who can, you know, push out some really cool stuff as well, and maybe uh, encourage some of the old writers back. I mean, I'd love to see, uh, you know, some more articles from people like Oliver and and uh, Troy. I don't know if that's possible. What do you reckon, Rob? Yeah, I will absolutely reach out to them because I think they're both great writers, and you know, if I can get them to contribute on a like a, you know an infrequent basis, an infrequent basis, that'd be great. But yeah, for me, I'm working on Galactic Civilizations Four review, so I've been dumbing some of my time back into the game to kind of refresh my memory on some of it and also to see where it is at version 1.05. And, you know, there, you can definitely expect a, a very thorough review of that game too. So, yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, 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 is it's almost going to be a case in point with this whole, like, waiting thing, right? Because I think at first if I came out, and I'm not trying to, like, spoil my review here or anything, but if I'd, if I'd had a, a release day ready review for that game, it would have been pretty damn glowing. But now that I've had, you know, a subsequent 40 something hours or something like that with the game after it released, I am starting to see those those uh, little, you know, those little dull marks. So and, you know, that's not to say that you won't find that with, you know, every game that you play. But I think that it, it does it does do a, a better job for the 
you know, it doesn't, like you said, Drexy, it does a service to the community when you can start to see the game for what it is and, you know, see the whole picture of what it's going on, then, then get caught up in the excitement and, you know, the, the flashy graphics in this case or whatever. But yeah, that, that'll be, you know, like I said, a case in point for us with regards to waiting a little while to have reviews that are accurate because my review would have been a little less accurate had I, had I popped it out day one, but I've had some time with it and granted it's been a long time, but I've actually haven't been playing it at all since it released. And now that I've come back to it with a fresh set of eyes and with a more critical mindset, I have some things to talk about regarding that game that maybe wouldn't have been talked about had I come out with a release review. So, yeah, I think, well, Forex games are not like games like COD or whatever, where you sort of play the game through and finish it and then you're done with it. Forex games are games that you're going to play for years and years and years, well, hopefully, if they're good. Uh, so you need to put the time in to know if the replayability is there. Once you get past all the shiny stuff, like you're saying, the graphics and stuff, then you start to see, well, do I feel the, do I feel excited to play this game over and over again? And having a longer uh, time before the release and the review is just perfect for Forex games, where it's not for other games, really. And we've learned in the past as well that Forex is classic type of game where if you don't look at it deeply you can really mislead the public so for example if you i'll I'll draw your attention back to master of orion 3 and the absolute stink that came out when around that game when reviewers were being paid basically to say that it was a good game and they were you know it was a real real i mean that was way before gamergate even so it was a real problem with journalistic integrity so like master of orion 3 was one of the first games that i can remember where it really you know we really kind of had this problem with not only journalists basically being paid to give good reviews but also just not playing them properly and not really you know not really playing them for long enough to be able to to give you a decent review of it so i think it's something that's really important that we get right Agreed. So anyways, let's move on. I think we have a lot to talk about tonight. Well, maybe not a lot, but we do have some news items we want to get into. So let's do that. All right. So, well, we haven't really checked in on master of magic the reboot from muha games in some time and we are doing that today we're going to come back into their dev diary which is dev diary number 12 and they talk about some of the stuff that they're working on through the closed beta that they're working on right now and you know it's a really good looking game i gotta admit like the artwork i uh, as you as you look through the artwork and even as you look through like the battle screens here the game looks very crisp very clean and that's probably what draws my attention first. But, you know, they, they go into talking about what it is that is different about the the new version, the reboot, compared to, you know, the, the original Master Magic. And, you know, they basically say that they tried to copy everything, like, for one for one, but that some of the things they didn't want to change, or they, they, they did change because, you know, maybe it wasn't balanced super well. Like, they still wanted to have some of the imbalances and stuff that made Master Magic fun. But they they wanted to make it feel a little more, you know, fair in some cases. And so they go into the the details of that a little bit. 
And they also talk about, you know, some of the stuff that the beta testers have, have, have shared with their experience with their beta so far. So, you know, we've got some other stuff that they're working on. I guess they're kind of looking at, you know, what their timetable looks like. So at the very end, they give a little bit of a roadmap, you know, talking about animation speeds and then, you know, you know, a few things that they're trying to, to work out in the next few weeks. And I don't know if that means that, you know, I don't know, is it, is it, is it a game that's going to come to early access or is it a game that's going to be just released? I don't know, but it kind of feels like that might be like, you know, their, their last path to release of some form. So, cause it's, it, they're not talking about like, you know, implementing large gameplay mechanics or large portions of the game. They're talking about like, you know, really kind of hammering out some polish. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I know, I know that they are planning a 2022 release, so, what is it like? Five months left of this month or this year, August? Yeah. So, there's not much time left, and I imagine that they probably want to get in before Christmas. So, I'd say that we're probably looking at you know somewhere in the realm of October, November release date. So, we will be able to check this out. And I really am interested to hear what you think about this, Ben, because you know I know you're a huge Master of Magic fan, and I don't know if you know you're excited about the the one to one parody here, or if you wanted them to branch out a little bit more. Uh, I've got mixed feelings on this. Uh, just one, make one point. I don't think Slytherin do early access, so I don't think it's going to be an early access game. I mean, technically, they don't do early access, although Distant Worlds 2, yeah, I kind of feel that that's a little bit of an early access game still at this point. Um, <laughs> I, maybe maybe Matrix might disagree, and I mean no disrespect there. But um, yeah, I think, look, when you've got a game that is a one-on-one make remake with just modernized mechanics, that's fine. My, my, I've got a couple of points, though. One, I hope they're not just porting the, you know, the the base vanilla game of Master of Magic over because that, like, it had problems, man. Like Master of Magic vanilla is not a very good game. It's it's a kind of fun game if you're if you're really into sandboxy kind of play, but it because it's just not very pressure based. Where I think if they were to take Caster of Magic, which I think I think is a far superior game, and I think that would work really really well. And and I don't I don't know if Seravi's been working with with Muha. I would be amazed if he didn't have some input at least on an advisory level because that guy knows that game inside out so i don't know like i'm i kind of i'm a bit i'm a bit like uh i don't know about this one like it looks great and i like you know i do like base game master of magic um you know mechanics wise i just hope that like when i when i read that they'd kind of just taken all the spells across one pretty much one for one and just changed a few it's like a lot of those spells are redundant and you know they and they don't work very well, but you know they've had to, they've had chance to build up the AI from the base, you know, from from scratch, I guess. And that was the main problem with Master of Magic. Actually, was the fact that the AI couldn't play the, its own game very well. And Cerevi worked for years in close, you know, conjunction with the community, with a you know a really hard group of you know people testing the game on Realms Beyond forum. And it took years to make that game. It's not like it's not like Remnants of the Precursors. Master of Orion was already in a good state, right, when it finished. It took years, really, for people to, of people just min-maxing it and overplaying it and overplaying it for to really start seeing the flaws in Master of Orion, what few there are. Whereas Master of Magic was broken as all hell. So, you know, it took years to get Caster of Magic, you know, into a position where it's actually a good game. And it's like, I don't know. I'm 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 a bit sort of mixed on it, really. Some people might prefer a new Master of Magic, but then you know that all the old grognars are going to complain. They're going to go, well, this is not Master of Magic. It's more like Endless Legend or some shit, you know? At the same time, 
um, if you're going to do a one-on-one remake, you've got to get it right. And so I think that the jury's out, basically. We'll see what happens, eh? So uh, does, do you know if they're going to do it or do they have any plans for costs or magic within the game or not? I've no idea. I've not heard so. Um, I, I would have thought, right, that if it was if I was Muha, what I would have done, I would have looked at Caster at least because I think it's the superior version of the game. Um, initially, I, I saw some of the complaints that old Master of Magic fans had about it, that it's too difficult. Basically, that's basically what they're saying. And also that, you know, some of the mechanics had changed a bit too much, but it's really not that different. The only thing that Caster Magic really changes is the fact that roads, you know, like you can build roads in the game and the, uh, they he's reduced the, the movement bonus that he gives you. And he did that because players were able just to keep one army in the field and then and then rush right across their empire to defend wherever it was needed and it made it so that you didn't need multiple armies it was it was just broken so like that was a good change it's not actually damaged the game anyway it's just made the game better um so i've but i've i've found now that if you play caster of magic on normal or less which where the ai doesn't get its it doesn't get access to, to all the sort of player exploity sort of builds that players would use then actually Master of, uh, Caster of Magic plays very much like mil- vanilla Master of Magic with regards to the you know how much pressure there is, i.e. not a lot. It kind of allows you to, to sort of chill out and play the game. If you put the game on fair or more, which is where the game uses all of its AI tricks, then yeah, it's brutal. It, unless you are very familiar with the game mechanics and all the tricks that the AI can pull, uh, it's hard. And so I don't know, like I, I personally would have gone with Caster. Uh, that that's just me because I just think it's a better game. I don't see any advantage at all in choosing Vanilla Master of Magic over Caster. Uh, either way, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I I never really played Master of Magic and <laughs> I have tried to play it and it's just so <laughs> just so old. I just, I'm just I'm not like you, Ben. I just can't deal with old UIs. <laughs> it is old. I agree. And, and actually, Master of Magic is on the edge of what I'm willing to play, to be honest. There's a there's a there's a sort of year that I'm I'm not willing to go back past. And I don't really like playing 80s games now because they're just too old. And Master of Magic, even though it was released in like 95 or whatever it was, feels like an 80s game to some extent. Because it's the graphic, you know, the UI and the graphics are very, very basic. It's got charm though, no doubt about it. I think we'll be finding out soon enough. And I honestly believe that you'll be the best candidate for that review because you know you're not gonna be too you know, stuck to what Master Magic was. And also, if it ends up being very closely paired to the original Master Magic, I believe that you'll probably appreciate that in a way too. So, I mean, I, I would love to see what you end up thinking of it because, you know, I, I, I know that you have some modern sensibilities to your to your Forex tastes now. And I, I think that it'd be interesting. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're up for it. Are you up for it? I'm up for it, man. I'm up for it. Simtech stuff is my thing. I've spent a long time researching Master of Orion and Master of Orion Two, and uh, Master, you know, and played. I played the hell out of Master of Magic and Caster of Magic. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to take that. I'd like to. I, I'm confident that Muhar are going to make a good game. By the way, I think they're good developers. So, um, I just want to say that I'm. I think that a lot of what I was fearing might just be a moot point because i think they've seen that they're not stupid they're, they're good developers and I, i'm fairly sure i heard that they were at least talking to cerevi in some way or i think maybe he'd said that he was approached by them and they'd you know he'd spoken to them um i don't want to 
I don't want to, you know, kind of make assumptions anyway anymore. So, yeah, I'm I'm up for doing that. It sounds like a good game, and you know, I'm sure whatever they do, it will be it will be something, which isn't, you know, and I'm I'm not going to gloss over any of it. I Caster of Magic has got flaws, right? I'm, if I gave that a review now, I'd I'd be able to point out a lot of problems with it, and the same with the vanilla Master of Magic. So, it's not like I will be I'll be going, oh yeah, this is Master of Magic. I love this game. It's great, you know. You have to look at things objectively. Yeah, so you'll you'll probably be our guy. So with that, we've still got more news. Immortal Empires, can you tell us a little bit about that, Ben? Because I know you're extraordinarily excited about it. Yeah, so this is the culmination of everything that Creative Assembly have been working towards since they started Warhammer, Total War Warhammer. They always planned three games. And I think that, in, uh, sorry, Mortal Empires which was the combined map from the first two games, is a very, very good game now. It's by far the best Total War game that they've ever made. It took a while to get to the state that it's in. And honestly, you need quite... I'd say that, you know, to get the best out of it, you need quite a lot of the DLC, although not all of it. So it's not a cheap game, actually, but it's it's like the best Total War game. And from what I've seen of Immortal Empires so far from some of the content creators in the, the Creative Assembly content creator program who've been pushing videos out, I'm, we're not going to be disappointed. The game looks absolutely amazing. It's utterly huge. I've never seen... I thought Three Kingdoms had a big map, but this is like... This dwarfs it. Um, it's so big, and uh, it looks like they've made a good job. They've, re- they've gone through and rejuvenated the mechanics for a lot of the kind of really broken factions like... Norska was a particularly bad faction in Immortal Empires because their mechanics were suited towards Warhammer 1, but they came out right at the end of the life cycle of that game. And Warhammer 2, it just didn't work. It was They were bad. They weren't fun to play. They've changed that now, so they're like more fun. They've done a big Warriors of Chaos rework, which is great because they're my favorite faction. I used to play Warriors of Chaos. I used to play Chaos back in the Warhammer Fantasy 2nd Edition. So um, I'm really excited for it. It just looks like I can't wait, basically. I'm so excited for it. And I'm aware, I'm aware that it's going to be a bit buggy and janky, just like Mortal Empires was. So I'm going to temper my expectations, as everybody else should. But CA, I've got to say, have really picked up their game since the release of Warhammer 3. The release of Warhammer 3 was a little shoddy. Um, and I think a lot of people might think that, that was an understatement. But actually, looking back at it, it wasn't that much worse than the other Total War games in the past. It's like better than Rome 2, definitely. Um, probably about the same as as Total War 2. Uh, sorry, Total War Warhammer 2. So I don't know. But people were not happy with the campaign in Total War Warhammer 3. And I think Immortal Empires is Creative Assembly's chance to really show that they've picked, their, they've picked the ball up and they're running towards the goal again. And, you know, let's hope that they manage it. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to this. I've mentioned this in the past where <laughs> I've bought the previous two and all the DLC. And I mean, when I first bought the first one and then I heard the second one was coming out, I was like, oh, I'll wait for the second one. And then I didn't realise there was going to be a third one. And then when that came out and I heard there was going to be a third one, I thought, oh, I'll just wait until the third one comes out before I play it. So <laughs> I have all the DLC for the previous games. But uh, how does, what confuses me about you saying the map's so massive how how long does the game last and is it like to the point where you just don't even see like you won't encounter most of the other empires when you play no. the game no 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 they they've they've thought about this really carefully they've uh, they've added they've added these kind of um ship travel points on the map so that if you're on one side of the map you can get over to the other by you know using these tra- these uh, naval travel lanes and they've also because they, they're aware that there's a high player attrition 
for Total War campaigns. Like nobody ever finishes Total War game uh, campaigns, like very rarely anyway. So they've they've drastically reduced the short campaign and long campaign victory times now, and then they've added stuff. So they've given you like a domination victory if you want to paint the map completely, which is going to take a long time. And also they've uh, they've added like some end game scenarios now to make the game really really difficult, and they're all optional. And they're they're highly customizable. So CA have really been listening to the the fan base on this one, and I feel a bit sorry for them because they've taken so much flack from from like at least fifty percent of the community who just will not, you know, they're they're done with CA now. And every time they post a news post, you get like. 20 pages of people just saying the same thing saying how bad they are and i kind of feel sorry for them i mean they deserve it a little bit because total war was a total war warhammer 3 was a bit crap on release and people didn't like the campaign but it wasn't as bad as people with some people were making out like i played i played the hell out of that game also drexy just before i finish i bought all the total i i played warhammer 1 a lot on release and it was a good game but it wasn't great and um I kind of put it down. I bought all the DLC and then I bought Total War Warhammer 2. And because I was at uni, I never got a chance to play it. I remember buying the Vampire Coasts DLC and playing it for like 20 minutes and then thinking I can't do this because I've got to work. Uh, so I, I didn't touch Mortal Empires until Christmas last year and you know this early this year so when most people had got bored of it. And I've had a blast with it, man. I tell you. So don't worry. It's never too late. You're not, you've not wasted your money on those DLCs. If you Once it bites, it really bites. And every faction in it is so good now. Like most of them are so good and so different that the game just plays so differently depending on who you play it. So I just think that there's a lot of fun to be had in there if you can get into it. Would you advise just going into Mortal Empires then or maybe just playing some of the race campaigns or? No, don't play the race campaigns. Um, they, they were kind of crap. The ones that, you know, like the Beastman campaign and the Wood Elf campaign, they were okay. Just sort of small. I would, if you're going to, if you're, I'd wait for Immortal Empires. I don't know, if you've not got Warhammer 3, maybe just play Warhammer 2 Mortal Empires and to see if you can enjoy one of the campaigns. Like, you know, pick pick someone that's really fun now, like Beastmen, for example, which they've just had a really they had a really great update that totally rejuvenated their mechanics and just made them so fun to play. Maybe play something like that and just see if you can if you enjoy it. And if you do, then you know, wait for one of the sales for Warhammer 3 and pick it up and just see how it goes from there cuz i think warhammer 3 the base game if you just ignore all the ignore all the hate basically go and play it for yourself and see what you think they've fixed most of the most egregious mechanics that were pissing people off i think um it's still not the best campaign actually the realms of chaos mechanic in it is a, is still a little bit annoying i think if you want to if you want to map paint and play sort of classic total war it's not really like that. It's a little bit too pressure-based, and I think people didn't really like that side of it. Immortal Empires will be back to the sandbox mode where, you know, you've got your you've got your little starting faction and the whole world ahead of you, and you can go about it however you want. So I think that's pe- what people have been waiting for. So, you know, I'm always reluctant to advise people spend money on DLC on more DLCs for games they've not really played. So I'd advise you just go and, go and play the one you've got. Total War Warhammer 3 has significantly better mechanics, particularly things like the diplomacy, you know, and all that stuff. It's loads better. Um, so I think that it would be worth the upgrade if you are a fan. But if you're on the fence, see what you think of Mortal Empires in its current state, because Mortal Empires is pretty good. Yeah, I'll definitely install it. Uh, yeah, I haven't bought Warhammer 3 yet. I've been holding off, so yeah. Right, so 
I mean, I played some. Uh, I was kind of like Ben. I mean, I think the general consensus was that the campaigns kind of sucked, and I actually enjoyed myself way more with the campaigns in Total War Warhammer Two. And I've gone. I it, it, if anything, it inspired me to go back to that game. So I was, but I, I really do want to see some of the improvements. You know that that Warhammer Three brought to the the formula and actually carry them over into like a good campaign. So Immortal Empires is something we're all excited about. And with those changes that Ben was mentioning with like the actual, yeah, with the, with the campaigns, it was said that less than 3% of players will actually finish a campaign, have finished a campaign according to steam statistics. So that's uh, even less than four X games. That's even less, I think. Yeah. So that's something I know that they were really trying to fix and it sounds like, you know, shortening timeframes like that and making things a little bit more achievable is definitely a good way to do that. So good stuff. I'm excited. And that should be, I mean, that's also coming out this year and I know that they're opening the beta like next, next month, right? It's coming out this month. It's, I think we've got about what it's the 16th today as we're recording and I believe it comes out the 23rd. So, Oh, great. I so it's, yeah, week. it's like a week basically. Um, we got a week left. Oh god, I'm so yeah. excited. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. So by the time you actually listen to this, it will be just a few days away, so that'll be very exciting. Anyway, we got one other thing we wanted to talk about, which is Imperium's Greek Wars. It's got a new DLC called Rome vs Carthage, and with it, of course, it's going to be a scenario of Rome vs Carthage, which kind of brings it into like the aggressors territory, which were was their last game. I don't know, you know, I don't I, I mean, I, I'm assuming it's pretty much the same time frame right but it says it's an expansion so and it brings a huge new campaign map with a number of new mechanics that they've talked about recently in their spotlight articles such as historical events plagues floods social unrest mandatory objectives and similar stuff and they're going to be covering those remaining features uh, very soon so yeah i you know it's it's pretty awesome to see that there are they're they're clearly they're they're successful enough right that they continue with production of that game and producing more content and also it's just it's cool to see a new content period because i know ben really likes the game i need to get back into it and try it especially since they tried some of the uh the graphic changes that i you know kind of bitched about for a little bit so i i do want to check it out again and see how it is mechanically still and and maybe have fun with it i've got to say that cube cube and uh, pavel they are so good at listening to player feedback and then changing stuff like that guy when we complained about the graphics in that game he made so many changes you know and he didn't like make a big thing of it either he just kind of quietly went and put loads and loads of options for changing things like the saturation of the color because we were compl- i was complaining about the saturation of the colors in the in the game it seemed a little bit confusing to me so he went and like added a load of options it must have taken ages <laughs> he like programmed a load he's coded so many options into that game i got i'm gonna give pavel a shout man because like that was so cool for him to do that and i think it was i i think it was like you know necessary i guess but like the fact that he just did that it was great and i really hope this game does well because it is an excellent 4x game it's definitely one of the better f- historical 4x games that we've seen it's up there with old world it's a very different game to old world but it's a it's up there with the, with old world in terms of quality i'd say so uh, i hope it does really well um, i think we definitely need to do a review of it and i'm happy to do a review of that game so maybe when the DLC comes out, um, we'll, we'll grab a copy of it and I'll do a review for the site and finally do a proper review for 
for Imperiums because I, I feel a bit bad that we never actually managed to do that one. Right. Yeah. So last thing I want to talk about actually is that it's been a while, but we had this, we had an, a, an old guest and it's probably some of you guys are all familiar with it. I think the Explominate community is familiar with Brandon Castile, who's called Wayward Strategy. And he has been like basically like the go-to voice for RTS. He loves RTS. He's probably as obsessed with RTS as we are Forex, maybe even more so. And he and his, I guess, new team, he joined the team behind, a couple, they're called Slipgate Ironworks. And they just announced a brand new uh, real-time strategy game called Tempest Rising. And it's going to be published by 3D Realms. And it actually looks legit. Like it looks like an old school return to Command and Conquer. Like the the feel of it has some really. You gotta watch the the reveal trailer for it because it has some like really badass cutscenes in it, and the base building is very reminiscent of games like you know, yeah, basically Command and Conquer. And the pacing of it looks kind of like that too. So it looks like a return to form for real time strategy games and. With Brenda Castile being the lead de- designer on the game, uh, I- I'm really excited because I really like Brandon. He's a really good guy, and it's kind of cool to see him, you know, fulfill his destiny really as a real time strategy designer. So keep an eye out for it. Right, with that, we're going to talk about what we were going to talk about. That was a very lengthy news segment. That was a lot longer than I expected us to be talking about that. In fact, I wonder if we shouldn't maybe just pose a couple questions now and then talk about them the next time around. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, what we're going to talk about, what we're, we're still going to talk about, but mostly maybe in another episode at this point, is the idea of what games are, ba- are made better, like significantly better by mods. You know, is there is there a game out there that you wouldn't play without mods? And I, I mean, as soon as I say that, there's a few that come to mind for me. And I also wanted to know, we were just going to kind of discuss the the idea of which games are just, you know, which mods that are out there that are just, that are like must-have mods, right? Where I know we've talked about the Renaissance mod for Warlock 2 before. I know we've talked about, you know, there's the, uh, I guess it's called, Oh, I forgot the one for Master of, of Orion, the new one, the reboot. I forgot what it's called. I want to say it's like the official community patch. In fact, that might even be your unofficial community patch. But there's a few of them that you know. I know that we've all you know have, have at least shown our appreciation for or talked about. And I know that we also have the modify playlist series of articles that we did a few times. I think I only made it to track four. I need to get back into that, but. Those highlighted the mods that were particularly good, like the Too Many Voices mod for Warhammer 40k, Gladius, Relics of War, which is the longest damn title ever. And then, yeah, the, well, you know, I'm going to pull it up because it's it's not only the unofficial community patch mod, but it's also something, it was another one. I want to say it was like, oh, I'm looking it up. I'm doing it right now. Modify playlist. Yeah, we only, do it, we only made it to track four. The 5X and unofficial code patch 
for Massive Ryan. Those two were the the second I started that playlist, the little modified playlist where we highlighted various mods. That, those are the first mods that people started really throwing at me and being like, "Hey, you gotta check these out!" Like it actually makes the new Massive Ryan reboot really good. And unfortunately, I never really got around to playing it too much. But with that, there's the black box and combined arm mods for Star Drive One, which makes Star Drive One like super playable. And then you had the Gladius Too Many Voices mod and Renaissance mod. And so I wanted to kind of pose this question to the community, really, and then see if we can't get some feedback through the Discord and through even here. If you guys know, you can leave us voice messages on Anchor and we can include them here on the actual podcast. So if that's something you want to do, we'll do that. But yeah, leave us some comments and you know join the discussion. Let us know which mods you guys are most excited about and have you know, really, really feel like changed gameplay for the Forex games that you enjoy the most. I guess there's uh, there's different types of mods, aren't there? So there are mods that kind of fix problems with old games. So I'd put things like Caster of Magic, which I've discussed already in this episode. I'd put that into that category. It was an overhaul mod that was intended to actually to bring a game up to where it should be in the same vision of the, you know, in the same spirit and vision of the original developers. So I'd probably throw something like, uh, let's have a look. Renaissance mod is a perfect example of that for Warlock 2, where the, I, I I mean, I didn't really play Warlock 2 without Renaissance mod, I've got to be honest with you, but I can't tell the difference between the added content and what, you know, the stuff that I know to be the base game content. It's just so seamless. So I think there's that kind of mod. And then you've got mods that are complete game, you know, overhauls where people have just sort of taken the engine and then done something completely new with them. So, you know, for example, like XCOM, sorry, UFO, um, Enemy Unknown or XCOM Enemy Unknown. Hang on. I forget what the U- the US name for it was called. Anyway, the original UFO Enemy Unknown by Julian Gollop. Uh, you've got X-Pirates or the, uh, what's you call it? The X-Files or the XCOM files. That's it. So you've got X-Pirates and the XCOM files where they've kind of taken the base game and then just expanded it and done new things with it. So you've got all sorts of different kinds of mods. And I'd argue that the ones that kind of fix base games in a way that is tasteful and done to the original vision of the developer, they're the more necessary ones. Mods that are created from a game engine with to make something completely different in order to extend the life of a game are just as critical, but maybe they don't fit into the same kind of category as what we're talking about. I mean, one thing that comes to mind, which is a, 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 the smallest mods you can pro- possibly have, is um, the tiny outliner and tiny fleets for Stellaris. Literally, whenever I install that game again, which I hopefully never do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing i do is install those two mods because yeah it's just it just helps so much <laughs> well people swore blind by daz's ui mod for distant world universe oh yeah that I, too as well yeah i use it i, I even had an even line good. one as well he did put in eve ships and stuff like that yeah sometimes it's just a little things like that even it doesn't have to be a total conversion whatever just small graphics uh, changes or ui changes is enough to make a game more enjoyable or just add a little spice to whatever game you're playing. Yeah, sure. I mean, for example, you know, this is not a 4X, but if I'm playing something like Skyrim, I I like to just install loads of crazy mods for that, you know, particularly visual stuff. 
um you know big booby anime mods and all that kind of stuff because <laughs> i just think that that stuff's fun but it's not necessary to play the game <laughs> so you know like and then you've got stuff like i don't know like jagged alliance v1.13 which is a community mod that was worked on over years and just makes the base game of jagged alliance just so much better uh jagged alliance 2 sorry it makes the game so much better and that's one of my favorite mods i think if we do a podcast on it that's probably the one that i'm going to spend a lot of time talking about yeah i mean that's what i hope to do is that we kind of like you know accumulate a list of some of the mods that we think are best in fact that'll be like kind of like our homework right we'll we'll go back we'll tally up some of the, or you know list out some of the the mods that we've appreciated and enjoyed the most throughout our time i mean like stewie said i immediately when i when i think of mods that improve the baseline experience not maybe not necessarily you know are required but definitely improve an experience i start thinking about solaris mods immediately so yeah, there's there's some that I just won't play Stellaris without, and hopefully, I, like like you guys, I won't go back. But the like there's a, there's a bunch, right? And I, w- I want to talk about those. So I want the community to kind of like reach out, let us know what mods you guys are most interested in, and it may end up leading to more of our modify playlists, you know, features or whatever you want to call them. I guess they're features, yeah. Yeah, more of our modify playlist features because I like to spot spot like those things, and it's I think it's really cool to like reach out to these guys and figure out why it is that they're so invested in these in these mods, and you know like some of these people put in real money, like the too many voices mods guys. They they were talking about like thousands of dollars in this mod system for a game that you know is relatively niche. I mean, I know that Gladius is doing well, but you know I. I think that or has done well, but I think it's crazy that these guys have spent so much money on real voice actors to add voiceover stuff for, you know, the units and stuff. And, you know, I could go on. So I'm not going to go on too much longer. I'm just want to say that, like, if you guys have mods you want us to include, please, by by all means, you know, I've the, the mods that come to mind for me right now are like the the Endless Legend community patch, the ESG mod for Endless Space 2. Um, you know, and then there was a couple mods for, like you you said, the Distant Worlds mods, the UI mods were like for me really quite amazing, and so yeah, talk about those and bring bring us some more. We want to know more. But before we wrap things up, I know Ben wanted to talk about Galactic Ruler, which is a, a I guess like a grand strategy slash forex game that came out, and he's kind of behind the scenes at least playing it and seeing what it's like. What do you think of it so far? I've not really played it a whole lot, to be honest with you. I, it was more that I think we probably should have addressed some uh, some of the community criticism we got. So Rob put out a tweet about Galactic Ruler saying that, and um, maybe I can maybe uh, I can characterize it like this. I think that we we were promised uh, beta versions for the game so that we could get early access, so that we could you know take a look. And then the kind of developers sort of went quiet on us, and we chased them up a few times, and they never got back to us. And then when the game was finally released, the game was actually not like well it's had some kind of bad reviews it's got it's got mixed reviews and it's you know community are complaining about a lot of things and it, particularly some people that we know so i think rob was like look we at the moment we're not recommending this because it's it's just it's just been a bit shady how it was delete uh, how it was dealt with you go ahead rob well yeah so let me just let me clear that up right so i reached out when it first came out in early access and i just said hey like you know, we're a 4X site. We're really excited about what you got here. Would you mind giving us some preview keys or a preview key 
so that we can just start to write preview articles and discuss the game. And they were like, absolutely, you know, we'll shoot you some over, right? And I, I waited like a normal amount of time, one, two weeks, whatever. And I didn't get anything. So I reached back out. I was like, hey, never got those keys. Like, just wondered if you're still interested in us doing like a preview piece or like at least starting to kind of like put this on people's radar and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me get you a key. Two, three weeks go by and I write again. Hey, listen, if you guys don't want us to have a key, I totally get it. You know, like if, if it's just something you're not really interested in sharing with us yet, then just let us know and I'll stop. I'll stop bothering you. And then it was radio silence. Right. So that was it was just weird that they kept saying like, oh, yeah, we'll get you this key. We'll get you this key. We'll get you this key. And then I started seeing some of the early access reviews coming in and they weren't positive at all. And instead of saying like, hey, guys, we're going to work this out. We're going to like iron this game out and then we'll get back to you. They just completely ignored, you know, very like, you know, very polite and jovial requests to like basically just cover it a little bit in its preview period. And I yeah. OK, so I, t I tweeted this thing, right? I just basically retweeted their announcement that the game had come out. And I just said at this time, we're not recommending it because a, you know, it's a little shady that they just kept saying they'd give us stuff. I mean, it was it was not this long of a tweet, clearly, because you only have a certain amount of characters. But the idea was, you know, hey, maybe don't rush to get this just yet. You know, we 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 were promised keys never given. There's some concerns among the community that it's kind of just a reskinned Supreme Ruler and the reviews on Steam aren't very good. That's what I think you'd expect from us as, you know, a review site who wants you to just, you know, maybe not rush out and buy the next 4X game just because it's out. And we, of course, received some flack from that or about that from Reddit, which is fine because I don't give two shits about Reddit. But, you know, I, I do think that at some level it didn't look perfect, but I also stand by what I said because... I think that when you've been doing this for as long as we have, right? I'm not saying that I'm like some like brand manager specialist or anything like that, but I've been around the block. I I know when people are excited about their game. I know when people are excited to show their game because that's generally a good sign. And, you know, I also can tell when things don't seem right. I mean, not only with, you know, the communication being cut off like it was, but also the plethora of reviews that I was getting from people who were playing it, you know, from some of the, the community members through Discord and and the Steam community were like, hey, this is like, this isn't very good. I wasn't making a judgment. I was just saying, hold off, you know, like hold off on buying this just yet. But I could see how people thought that I was making a judgment on a game that I haven't played yet. And for that part, my bad. I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that. That was not my intention. I just didn't want anybody running off to get it without waiting some time and maybe looking into it because there were some red flags for sure i don't think you need to apologize there rob i think you did the right thing really and i think there are red flags especially if there's the potential for a journalistic outlet to get hold of something that sucks i can totally see why somebody would so would hold it back however we have now got a key i'm going to give it a proper review um it'll be on the condition that it's not so garbage that it's just going to be painful to play but i'll you know i'll, I'll uh, i'm going to take a look at it and i'm going to give it a, a a fair review because i've got no no horse in this race i don't i don't know the developer i didn't i've got supreme ruler i've never played it because we're still waiting on tortuga power to uh, teach me and drexy how to play it 
hint hint so uh yeah I, i've got <laughs> he did promise didn't he yeah he definitely promised <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but i'll give it a fair review man because i'm I, I don't know who they are i don't know what they're like i don't care it, it makes absolutely no difference to me whether the game is good or not if it's a good game and you know sometimes i like games that other people don't so i might see something in there that other people don't it actually looks like the kind of game i'd really like so there we go I'd be really interested, actually, to maybe get Tortuga on a podcast at some point because he loves Supreme Ruler. He kept going on and on about it, and that's when he said he was going to teach us how to play it. I'd like to get his opinion of the whole uh, Galactic Ruler thing and what he thinks of the game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so there we go. All right, well, this is this is good. We've, we've been able to reconnect and restart. I've, it's funny because for the first time in some time, I'm actually... I don't feel as articulate because I guess I, I, or maybe like, I feel like my, my tongue's twisting a bit more because we haven't done these in so long that I, I don't, I forgot what it's like to just talk into a microphone. <laughs> so we're going to do these more again. We're going to, we're, we're promising, not promising. Cause I don't want to promise anything. We are aiming for two a month and that's going to be like our thing. And that's also roughly the amount of articles that we're going to be putting out too. Like I'm not saying that two is like the number, but like, you know, if we put out two to four, like well thought out, well written, articulate, thought provoking articles that, you know, are relevant to the genres that we love, then I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good, you know, goal for us. And it's definitely attainable. So yeah, stay tuned for all that. Yeah. And I think we'll probably have still have news articles right in between. Yeah, so I'm using the Reddit as the news feed. So if you don't already subscribe to reddit.com backslash r backslash exnn, which is also featured on the, the the main site, you know, if you go to the news feed portion of the menu, you can subscribe to it. Also, there's like a news feed on the side of the site as well. But that's where like I, I've got this really awesome dude. He he came to me and volunteered and wanted to help out with the news feed, and he posts you know, relevant articles up there. So if, you know, unless there's like a big announcement, right? Uh, I wish that we'd gotten to the the whole ARA histories untold, whatever it's called. I, we haven't really talked about that, but that's a major 4X game that was released by, or sorry, revealed by Oxide Games, which did the Ashes of the Singularity RTS and is going to be published by Microsoft. And it looks like, a different take on the historical 4x genre and yeah if we you know stuff like that that'll definitely get posted to the site when stuff like that's revealed or you know announced but beyond that like you know normal news items they're going to be going on the the subreddit so check that out but yeah yeah i wish we'd mentioned that in the news section that giant 4x game that you know no one's even really talking about now any of the, the subreddits or through our Discord or anything. I but... have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I've not heard about it either. Yeah, so that's funny because it's... Okay, for you guys who haven't heard about this, and it's... I mean, it was it was kind of silently, very... like. I mean, I guess it was very quietly announced because very few people were talking about it, but this game is basically... I'll read out the, the Steam little synopsis here but it says build a nation lead your people throughout history to be pinnacles of human achievement as you explore new lands develop arts and culture to conduct diplomacy and go head to head with your rivals to prove you are the greatest ruler ever known it's your world now and if you look at i'll include the the steam 
link inside the podcast notes here and you'll see it. It looks very much like uh, a, a new historical Forex that's got some pretty darn large backing from Microsoft. So who knows? I don't, I mean, it looks nice. It looks really pretty, but you know, you know what they say about pretty games. Sometimes they suck. It does look pretty. It definitely looks, it looks a little bit like SimCity almost. Yeah. yeah I was going to say that it looks like a, what's that? City building game that's been out recently. The one from Paradox. <laughs> I thought it was like that sort of game. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because they're zooming in really close to the map or whatever, but like, there's also like a, a portion of, there are screenshots where they show kind of like a, a very zoomed out map where there's basically like territories, much like humankind. So I, I don't know how this is going to play out. And it looks like there's armies within that too. So I, I don't know if that's like the more like, I guess there's like the strategic map and then they're zooming in. I, I don't know. I, I, I really can't wait to see what they do with, you know, they're going to reveal gameplay later. They, they said in their Twitter feed that, they plan on the gameplay reveal to, to show up with the Gamescom, so which is next week as well. So um, by the time you guys are hearing this, it will just be a couple of days away out from Gamescom in Europe, and they'll have shown off some sort of gameplay with this game. So yeah, again, it's funny that no one's ever talking about. It. I think it's because they just they very quietly quietly announced it, and I mean it, it's like I said, it's a huge forex game. I mean, I'm not saying that it's like huge and that it's like it's a civilization style, but it's like, it's, it's a huge publisher who's actually developing a Forex game and we aren't even talking about it because we don't really know much about it. So. Mm, I wonder if it's going to be real time considering the last game was an RTS. It definitely looks to be turn-based. So, and let me see if the tags, now the tags don't say turn-based, but it looks turn-based, but I don't know. You're, you're right. It could be, and it doesn't say anything about whether or not it's turn-based or real-time. But, yeah. So, anyway, we'll the talk more about video that. Doesn't, there's, there's no gameplay at all in the uh, in the intro video. It's just a cinematic, which is always yeah. a bit of a red flag for me. <laughs> like, well, they said the they... About? <laughs> yeah, like I said, they said they're going to reveal gameplay at Gamescom. So, by the time we do another podcast, we'll be able to talk about the game, the actual gameplay. Fair so, enough. awesome. Well, hey... This has been a lot of fun, guys. I, I really enjoyed kind of re reuniting for the first time in some time and, and also kind of feeling a little bit more rejuvenated by the discussion and excitement around the site and stuff, too. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Ben, as always. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me, mate. <laughs> yeah, happy to have you. I appreciate you guys staying up late. And Stewie Drexy, I'm a, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call you ST. STD. Oh, this is great. <laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> STD. Thanks for being here, Stewie D. Stewie D. No problem, <laughs> Robbie G. <laughs> Stewie D. I like it. I'm doing it. All right, great. Well, next time, hopefully, I have Sean on two since he's missed out on two, and we can't have him miss out on three because once he misses out on three, he's out. So, that's just how it is you hear that, Sean? <laughs> it's a wrestling <laughs> yeah it's like it's like baseball so unfortunately the third time he's out so you better make it that's all i'm saying but until then this was rob ben and drexy for explominates keep exploring see you later guys ah.